Hi everyone and welcome to the OS Training Podcast. My name is Steve Birch and today I'm interviewing Chris Wegman. Now, I got to know Chris because he recently moved down to Florida near me. We both live on the southwest corner of Florida where it is about 95 degrees Fahrenheit or about 40 degrees Celsius right now. And so we're we're both suffering through a long, hot Florida summer. Chris is perhaps best known as the developer of Better WP Security, which was one of the first really, really, really popular WordPress plugins. He really nailed the security niche in WordPress. He ended up selling the plugin to iThemes, and the plugin is now known as iTheme Security. It has a just short of a million active users and it's still incredibly popular today. I'm going to be talking with Chris about his really interesting career which has spanned much much more than simply WordPress plugin development. So welcome Chris. Um, I'm delighted to have the chance to chat with you today. Uh, you're down here in Florida with me right? I've been, uh, been in Sarasota Bay for about, right about two and a half years. Actually two and a half years next week I think. Oh great. You're, um, you're best known in the WordPress world for your security work. You're one of maybe a handful of people that immediately spring to mind when you think about security plugins and security work in the WordPress world. But you have had a, a long and wonderful career. Um, and you started off a million miles away from WordPress security work. Yeah. Uh, how, did you, how did you kick off your career? Well, first, first paid job I had, I actually played trumpet. <laughs> Oh, well, wow. <laughs> played trumpets and wedding bands and things like that, and side bands and stuff in Chicago. Then decided I needed to make some money and tried IT with Y2K and all that stuff. Realized I didn't like fixing people's problems, so followed a lifelong dream and became an airline captain. Thought that was going to go great until the wait, second wait, recession. Wait, wait, I'm having a hard time keeping up. <laughs> That's like three careers in, uh, uh, in a couple of years. Were you any good as a trumpet? Could you have? Uh, I was I was good enough that I mean I made it to where I was playing places, but I sure couldn't make a living at it. <laughs> it just the money wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, you know it's one of the it's like anybody who was the struggling musician thing, and I thought I was going to be better at than that, but it never really panned out. <laughs> oh, do you still play now? No, I haven't picked it up in fifteen years, probably. <laughs> oh well, wait, so. You were a musician, you dabbled in IT, uh, but the airline pilot gig was something you'd always wanted to do? Yeah, it was actually when my son was born. My son was, he'll be 20 here next month. And right when he was born, I decided I wanted to, you know, life was too short to hate what I was doing and I hated the IT part of tech. So I went back to college and got a degree in aviation and pursued that for a while. I flew for an airline in Hawaii and flew business jets for a while and went through a couple of recessions doing that stuff. Wait, wait, so um, you went to Hawaii and you flew airplanes around the islands in Hawaii? Yep, I flew for a small airline out of Maui, just jumping between the islands. I flew business jets out of Chicago all over North America with you know VIP type people. I flew, I taught people to fly for a while, that type of thing. So was Hawaii something that Again, it, life is too short. If I'm going to fly anywhere, I'm going to fly uh, around Hawaii. Pretty much. I mean, the jets, I was bored. So it seemed like you know, the, the planes for when you're flying small planes around Hawaii, there's 
no autopilot in some of them. You could get to a lot more freedom in how you fly. So it just seemed like a much better career. And yeah, living in Hawaii was great. We loved it. So we so I pursued that for a little while and was out there about a year and a half until my contract ended. And that was the last full-time flying job I took. Is it, uh, is it much of a career? I hear, I hear mixed people. Some people just love being a pilot. They love being in the air. And when they become a pilot, some people continue to feel like that. And others get a bit ground down by how rote it is sometimes flying, especially commercial flights. I mean, that was my problem. I was bored to tears, and it didn't pay a lot. I mean, as an airline captain, I think I made like maybe twenty-eight thousand a year. It, oh, well. it wasn't at that point. My first, my first day as a professional pilot employed was for a university, and that was nine eleven, and that changed a lot of things. And when I quit, it was fairly common to say that guys my age, I'm in my late thirties now, our salary would never cross our age. That's gotten a little bit better with the pilot shortage the last few years. But it doesn't pay what it used to. It's not, you know, it, it's 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 hard to want to try to make a living at it. Every time a recession hits, you're, you're the pilots are the first to go. You know all that kind of stuff. So it's just it's very passion driven. And for me, while it was the flying part was fun, the rest of the career just wasn't something I was all that interested in when I got there. So you're living out in Hawaii, and you decide to change careers again, move on from being an airline pilot. Uh, where did you make the leap to from there? Well, they actually, my university kind of helped me make that decision for me. Yeah, the, this was 2007. The uh, writing was on the wall with the recession coming and all this and that. And my alma mater, when I, you know, I had done the IT work way back then. So when I was a student the first time, I, I was a student worker, just helping people fix their desktops. And, you know, this doesn't work on my computer and all this and that. So 2007, the university called me back and said, hey, we're going to make that job full time. We can't offer you a lot of money about what I was making as an airline pilot, which for tech is low, but they said I can get any degree I want. They cover all of it. And so I went back and it sounded like a good spot to change. So I got a degree in computer science so I could do something other than fix computers and really enjoy the programming work. It was it was a lot more of a challenge for me. So this was, I mean, you're from Chicago. This was the University of Michigan? Uh, Southern Illinois University. Okay. So they, they didn't pay you that well, but it's the way things are in the U.S. It's almost as if the degree itself was worth more than your salary. Oh, it, it, and that was exactly it. I looked at it as a high-paid grad, you know, a grad assistant makes 10000 15000 a year. I just looked at it as I was a high-paid grad assistant because this covered more of my tuition, covered all my fees, and paid a lot more than a normal grad assistant. So I just treated it like that until I graduated. Okay, so you went back to college, uh, had, what, two degrees at this point, right? Yep, finished the master's in 20, end of 2011, December 2011. And then, do you remember right that you jumped into the Drupal world first before getting into WordPress? At that job, I was doing a lot of Drupal work. And in fact, my first real developer job was at St. Edwards University. I was at a conference with Southern and St. Edwards recruited me there in Austin, Texas. And they recruited me from that conference with a lot more money than Southern was willing to pay as I graduated. And both those jobs were very Drupal based. We had uh, WordPress is like the side sites, but both main sites were always on Drupal at both those jobs. In fact, where I'm at now, my current job, the main site for our, our organization is Drupal. Yeah, they have a big foothold in the 
in the university world in Texas yeah. uh, University of Texas I think uses a lot of Drupal uh, a lot of the big universities sure um, and so you were diving deep into Drupal how did you make the leap into WordPress on there Drupal was fun but you know I wanted I was doing all the student work and we all know tech it's it's more about what you've accomplished than what you've learned in classes nobody cares what you learn in classes so I wanted a GitHub type resume. So I started making WordPress plugins because for one, I could actually ask for donations. For two, when they come out with a major version of WordPress, I don't have to re recode the entire plugin like I would a Drupal module. Three, it was just simply a lower barrier of entry. Yeah, there, there, there was a lot of, it, it just made more sense for side projects to, for me at the time to do them in WordPress. So I started a couple of, you know, I think I had nine or 10 little plugins here and then the security plugin. It was the was the fact you chose security related to your university work? How did you uh, get into the security side of things? Completely by accident, because it was the university. You know, we were a single department in a big public university that had a web team. Myself, that was a lot further ahead in most ways than the universe than the core campus team itself. So politically, a lot of eyes were on us, and there was a lot of hacking going on at that time. You know, a lot of that was. This was 2010, 2011 with all the site defacements. And we realized quite quickly that we cannot follow in those footsteps. So the security plugin was just kind of by accident as a way for me to maintain our own sites. Yeah, uh, I've done quite a bit of work with universities over the years and they always seem to talk about security. They seem to, well, they're a fairly rich target. They have often a lot of unique research. Um, they often have a lot of just a lot of stuff that people would want to steal, um, uh, particularly universities like um, perhaps Stanford or uh, MIT. They universities are a really common target for hackers. Oh sure, any big, you know, any big research institution. That research stuff's expensive. Now this type of work wasn't research. These are marketing sites that I work on. To this day, I mean, at, you know, I work for University of Florida these days. And all our sites are pretty much marketing sites. We have an intranet, but we're not, you know, we're not out there publishing uh, proprietary data. We're not out there processing sensitive data or anything like that. But it, there's still a big target in some of these sites. So you kind of got rolling. You had maybe a dozen or so WordPress plugins. How did it come about that WP Security, which I guess was one of the first really super popular sort of monster size WordPress plugins in the ecosystem. Uh, how did it come about that that plugin took over your work? How, how did that end up growing so much faster than all the others? A couple things. I, I, my belief is a few things. First one is timing. Like you said, it was the first big security plugin at a time when there was a lot of attention being given to security. You know, when I launched it, I, there was a whole bunch of little security feature plugins. And in fact, initially, this was just my way of trying to combine all those features into one plugin, but there was it was timing. There wasn't anybody else doing it at the time. The big thing that really seemed to launch it though was I was also one of the first to really focus on translations. I uh, somebody translated it into Hindi for me, for example, and that was I think that was the week it went from like twenty thousand to fifty thousand installs within a few weeks. It was a very short period of time. So that get, getting the you know looking beyond the U.S. market, looking beyond U.S. users. Was, was golden for the thing. 
And then the third thing is the plugin to today still has, uh, after you've installed it, 30 days after you installed it, it shows once. It shows a little box that says either rate it five stars, asks for a tweet, or asks for a donation. And it just this is just for the admin user, and it shows it just in the dashboard, nothing, nothing fancy. I think they still kept that, but boy, did that bring in users. That thing was great. And now it's the kind of thing you find in every WordPress plugin, but you were really early into the security niche and you were really early with some ideas to promote the plugin to? Yeah, I like to think so. <laughs> yeah. It worked. That's That, that much I say. I mean, it did work well for me, so I, I guess I did something right. <laughs> were you ambitious early? Did you uh, realize fairly early that this was a plugin that could be a big success, or did you just kind of stumble into it? It was more stumbled into. It was... I intended it to be a resume piece, not a and help our own sites. I never intended it to be a, a business in and of itself. So my goals were very modest. Running my own company is just something that's never really appealed to me all that much. I, I understand the drive for entrepreneurship. I understand that drive for these big, huge monster companies, but it was just wasn't what I was interested in. Okay, so does that partly explain why you ended up uh, selling the plugin to iThemes. It, going through your career so far, you've always worked for someone else, and WP Security could have been a, perhaps a real business that you could have owned, but that just wasn't an itch that you particularly wanted to scratch. It was actually getting to that part. I had a few people working support for that and all this and that. And I, I mean, it was just some soul searching. My original goal was a resume piece. So when the time came that I either had to make the choice of really ramp it up to keep up with everything you know that's when WordFence was starting to add employees and all this and that or you know there, there was other security was in the market by that point so either it had to go to the next level or find a partner to take it to that next level and kind of wave it goodbye and move on to further projects and I decided that that was the better route for me. Do you regret do you regret selling at this point or you you made the right decision. It just wasn't for you running your own business in that way. Oh, that was totally the right decision. Okay. It's iThemes has done quite well with it. I've I'm in a much better place in my life as a result of it. You know, I can't. It, it's done. You know, it's got me on this show here with you today. I mean, <laughs> it's it's really carried over for a lot of years, and that's how. What else can I ask for? I mean, that's been it's been wonderful. It was a great project, and it was just it moved on to a great place. I think. It was probably one of the first big plugin sales as well, right? You, you were first in security, uh, first with some, some marketing and promotional features, and I can't think of too many popular, well-known plugins that were sold or became part of a deal before yours. Yeah, no, I, I mine's the first I know of. I remember talking with Jeff Chandler, you know, WP Tavern covered that sale a bit, and I believe he had commented as well that that was the first the first big one in that type of space and there was a lot of talk about you know it started a whole lot of talk about acquisitions for a year or two but yeah I'm not familiar with any others that was before automatic bought woo that was it was pretty early for that type of thing December 2013 and so you've kept on rolling you kept on working for iThemes for a while and then jumped to a big WordPress agency um, it, you, how did you find the transition to working in a big university to working inside 
a WordPress agency, a WordPress company, often a little smaller, a little more, perhaps a little more hectic. Um, what was that transition like? The company size was never a big issue. You know, part of the problem with that plugin is I kind of forgot by the time I stepped out of it, you know, any feature somebody, hey, why don't you put this feature in? Or we just sit there, hey, what about this feature or that feature? I completely forgot how it was used. So going back to an agency was really my attempt to go back and say, hey, what are people actually doing with sites? How are these sites used? So it was, it was more of a intentional learning experience for me, if you will. So if you're running a, uh, a plugin that big, it's often hard to to separate from the kind of the daily grind. People keep on requesting features. There's a constant stream of requests and you, it's probably easy to end up with a a bloated feature set, keep on saying yes to the customers and keep on adding new features. Very much so, or just features that make no sense. You know, one of the more, one of the interesting features it had that seemed to do it really well was an away mode feature. And this is when I was working for Southern Illinois and we had flight students who would post things that they shouldn't late at night on the website. So the answer to that was in the security plugin, build a feature that prevents posting after business hours. Yeah, so, but that was a very real need that we had at the time, and it became a very popular feature in the plugin. After a while, I'm starting to add, you know, toward the end there, I was adding features that people would ask me what I would use them for, and I couldn't really answer. This was kind of like the four or five year ago version of uh, drunk tweeting or, or drunk texting. People would, uh, the students would get drunk and um, be posting in three, four o'clock in the morning on their blogs. No, oh, they'd be posting on the aviation page <laughs> where the party was that night or something. The, the, the airport has, you know, when you learn to fly, you have night flight. So we had two nights a week that we had night flight. And there was more than one occasion when that weekend's parties were posted in the middle of the night at those night flights. So it was, we, had to, we had to put an end to that one. Right. So do you, do you have any WordPress plugins on the repo at the moment or have you just entirely stepped away at this point? I have one small one with URL uh, that works with URLs, the custom URL shortening one. Uh, but most everything else, that's the only thing on that repo. I, my, the only project I'm really putting a lot of time into these days is a vagrant box. It's a very in, a triple V alternative. So you're working at the University of Florida at the moment, but you, uh, you worked with 10up for a little bit, working on some, some big corporate projects inside an agency. It's You've had quite a career. You've gone from being a musician to being a, a pilot to working in universities to work, having your own small business with the plugin to working inside iThemes. And after that, you made a jump into into a big agency, um, seven or eight entirely different uh, tracks to your career. What was it like working inside probably the biggest WordPress agency? Uh, it was a great experience. I got to work on a lot of sites. I got to work with a lot of great people. And most importantly for me, I got I got to reconnect. You know, was, when you work on a security plugin, you're not exactly working hard on front end stuff. One of the, one of the plugin's big weaknesses is the interface was never that good. I'm not a designer. I'm graphically challenged. So just getting to work on entire different sides of things with 10up was a great experience. Tell me about your new role now. You work at the University of Florida, um, the biggest university in the state of Florida. Um, what are you doing for them? Uh, we, I work for Shands Hospital, uh, ufhealth.org. Basically, work uh, maintaining, pushing forward, and working on all their WordPress stuff. We're a team of about eight people, and in the last six months, I'm 
basically the WordPress lead for that. 90% of our stuff is, we have two big multi-sites of, I wanna say at least a couple thousand sites in there, tens of, you know, thousands and thousands of users in some of these sites, they're huge. So my job is pretty much maintaining and pushing those forward. And so you, you're based down in the south end of Florida. Uh, for those of, you, those of you listening who don't know, uh, where Chris lives is down in the, the southwestern corner of Florida. But the University of Florida is up in the north. You, you're working remotely now? And it, I, I guess you've been working remotely for a few years now? Uh, yeah, I've been remote since starting at iThemes, since I sold the plugin three and a half years ago. But this job, they, they, they wanted somebody on campus for obvious reasons. I'm, I'm the only remote guy. But after looking for a year and they really wanted a senior to lead level WordPress guy, we came to an agreement that that would be me. As long, you know, in the state of Florida, and nowadays I just go up there once a month for two days, which is great. So two days on campus, get FaceTime with the team and all this and that. And then the rest of the month, I'm at home here in Sarasota, which is about, it's about a three hour drive from Gainesville. So it works out really, really well. So you, you've kind of left the direct WordPress community in your day-to-day job, you're not inside iThemes or inside TenUp or anything like that. Are you still heavily involved in the WordPress community or have you taken a, a bit of a step back in the last couple of years? Still involved, I've very different roles. You know, for instance, uh, I've been doing a lot of pull requests for Gravity Forms. Uh, the, my Vagrant box is entirely WordPress based. And so I've been spending a lot of time on that, especially these last this last year or so. Uh, still speaking at occasional WordCamps, although not nearly as much. I pretty much keep to the Florida ones these days. But uh, yeah, I'm still, in fact, I'm going up to St. Pete tomorrow to speak for their WordPress meetup. But uh, yeah, still involved just at a at my pace instead of the pace that the demand demands the plugin had. It, that seems like the way you've lived most of your life so far in your career. You, you've prioritized what made you happy over your career. You you trained as a pilot because that's what what you wanted to do. You uh, you sold the plugin because it wasn't making you happy. You took a job with the University of Florida to I guess to live a different pace of life. To to be home more, to to lead a slightly slower life. You've, um, yeah, but that's, you've always that's, put yourself first. See, it seems like when it comes to my career, I mean, to me, there's you know, I was I'm a big believer when I've had people working for me in that if the person's miserable, you're not benefiting anybody. So when I'm miserable, I know I've learned when to step back. I'm also somebody who doesn't sit still easily, hence jumping around so much. But I think, you know, University of Florida, coming from the education background I love and considering the uh, wonderful situation I have with them and the great team I have, hopefully this is somewhere I, I stay for a while. I'm actually filling out my paperwork with, for all their retirement plans and that. It's an eight-year vesting. So it's like, good, it's somewhere I can stay for at least eight years. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember last time we met you were saying something like that. You're like, okay, well, if I, um, if I stay for another five years, then I can get a certain percentage of my pay and retirement benefits and yeah. yeah that's exactly it i get a you know if i could make it eight years i'll get a real pension instead of a 401k so that's not a bad deal <laughs> of course so um do you have any um uh, any big projects or side um or side gigs you're working on or um are you just generally keeping your day job and um and kicking back in the evenings Mostly. Uh, still, like I said, working on that vagrant box a bit. Uh, occasional 
stuff on my own site. I keep coming up with different plug-in ideas, but right now I think I'm actually going to try to take another flight student. The part of flying I missed was the teaching, but that doesn't pay at all. So if I can go down to one of the local airports here and instruct one student, that'd be great. I mean, Florida is absolutely covered with little airports and it's a pretty good place to learn to fly. It's flight training capital of the world. You got 12, 12 months a year of good flying weather as opposed to all the ice stuff you get up north. So it's there's a lot going on. That sounds pretty nerve-wracking to be up in a plane with a trainee student. Um, I imagine it must be like teaching someone to drive. They're jumping on the wrong pedals and uh, always attempting to avoid getting in an accident. Uh, have you told anyone to, to fly before? Oh, yeah. I, uh, that's pretty much the first flying job everybody has is instructing. Okay. And it's considered a lead-in job for everything else because it doesn't pay anything. And yeah, everybody has, we call it SJS or shiny jet syndrome. Everybody just wants to fly a jet. I'm backwards. I like the teaching parts. I did it for the university and I've done it a couple other places. In fact, at the airline, I was what they call a training captain. When you come online as a new pilot, you have to fly so many hours with me to learn how to handle the specific aircraft that we flew. Do you fly at the moment? Not lately. I've been down to Venice a couple times to talk to them about getting back into it and hope to this fall. I've just been, this summer I've been kind of taking it easy. Who wants to sit in an unair-conditioned airplane in the middle of July? So I'm kind of holding on to fall and start it then. Yeah. Yeah, um, it must be about uh, 40 degrees Celsius and uh, getting north of 90 degrees Fahrenheit in Florida right now. Um, disgustingly hot and humid and probably not the best the best time to be sitting in a small box in an airplane yeah uh, you know when I work myself into it next summer but if I'm going to start let's start when it's a little more comfortable <laughs> cool uh, is, are people likely to see you around any WordPress events like WordCamp US this year I have tickets to WordCamp US I didn't apply to speak or anything I'm not sure we're going to go to it kind of see how things shake out we're talking about going to WordCamp Austin and I'll Probably almost, well, almost surely be at WordCamp Orlando. Which is November time? I'm trying to think. I, I, uh, I think that's November 11th and 12th, but don't quote me on that. Cool, wonderful. Um, well, it's been a pleasure to talk with you, Chris. Um, uh, I've had the chance to talk with you a few times over the years, but um, uh, before today, even I didn't realize quite how, uh, how much of an interesting and varied career you've had. That's one word for it. <laughs> my, I, I bet you my parents would just tell me I'm crazy. Hey, it all worked out, right? Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much for having me.